Welcome to episode two of Arrow Slingers, guys. Guess what? We've brought in a guest. Welcome to the stage, Chase, the hot potato blacker. Hello, welcome. How are you, Chase? I'm, I'm amazing. Thank you, Adrian. That's the way. That's the way. Yep. I reckon that's your darts name. Your walk-on can be to the Wiggles. Yeah. Hot potato, hot potato. The crowd would go nuts for that. Yeah. All right, so we are Burp and Gary East Top Darts Podcast. I think we're number one, but... We're going to call it number one. Unfortunately, we're not even number one in this house because Jules' podcast is well and truly ahead of ours. Yeah. So a few errors on last week's show, just one. Um, I was mumbling away about the formats of the Grand Slam and accidentally said groups of eight. I edited it already, but um, it's eight groups of four, top two going through to make the final 16 of the knockouts. So we'll set aside four or five minutes at the start of each episode just to fix up any mistakes because there's always going to be plenty. So, but that's all good. All right, the giveaway. The suspense has been building all week. So here we are. Chase, draw the winner out of the hat. There's nothing in here. What? (laughs) All right. No entrance into the giveaway. So we're going to go first in best dressed. Anyone that posts on either Facebook, Instagram, doesn't matter. Whichever of my posts I've done about it, I'll see. I'll see who's first. And you guys will, that winner win the $50 voucher from Dead Eye Darts. All right. So all you have to do is comment my favourite ever match of darts. Chase, what is my favourite ever darts match? Your favourite ever darts match, if I'm correct, is Dave Chisel, Chisnell versus Gary Anderson, 2017 Worlds. That is correct. It's an absolute pearl of a match. I put it in the show notes last time. I'm going to do it again. If you're bored, you got some time. Have a look at that game. Look at the scoring. Look at the finishing. Chizzy coming back from under pressure. 3-1 down, gets the 3-3. Once again, I won't ruin the ending in case you've never seen it before. But it is an absolute beauty. All right. We're going to move on now to wrap up day one of the Grand Slam. It kicked off this morning. I was up early, catching up on all the games. It's the most important day, um, I feel like, because anyone that loses day one, you're in strife um, to get yourself back in and make sure your leg differences are right so that you do qualify. We'll try and get through it as quick as we can, but the two games in Group A, Christoph Ratarski versus Martin Schindler went 5-1 to Ratarski. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. What do you reckon, Chase? I don't know either, probably. <laughs> but he was too good. Pretty consistent. Um, so, yeah, I think I had him getting out of that group and I think he will get out of that group. Uh, Price versus Nathan Rafferty. I had no idea even who Nathan Rafferty was, but he was very, very good. Gerwin Price got his raw going on early. Uh, the crowd just hate it. They just go off at him every time he does it, but I love it. It just shows his passion. He had a couple of almost big finishes. He was a whisker off 170, whisker off 167 on the ball. But Rafferty was there in both of those legs and um, unfortunately just didn't get the win. It was 5-4 to Gerwin Price, but... That throws that group into some interesting situations. So Ratowski better look out, but I think Erland will get through. But no wonder he's so good and probably the best in the world right now because the pressure from the crowd when he's trying to double, just screaming and screaming, especially on double five. I mean, imagine that, trying to hit double five with a crowd going nuts at you because they don't like you. Do you reckon you'd be able to hit double five with the crowd going nuts? Probably not. Not, a, not in a good way. They'd be hating on you and you've got to try and hit that double. Anyway, so that were the two Group A matches. Uh, Group B was Mervyn King versus Bradley Brooks. Never seen him before either, and he won 5-1. 
young man against Mervyn King, who's 55 years old, in very good form. He broke him to go 3-1 up with a clutch finish and just ran away from there. Mervyn never really got going. But he does. He looks good, Bradley Brooks. Um, that once again, that's another big, big upset and spells trouble for Mervyn King because now he's got to it's got to be Rusty, Jake, or Clayton and um, to try and get through. We'll see what happens there. That was the other game. Uh, Johnny Clayton versus Rusty Jake Rodriguez. He was the Euro Tour qualifier. Brother of Rowby John. Some pretty crazy names. Rusty Jake <laughs> and Rowby John, isn't it, Chase? Yeah. Uh, both Austrian boys, the brothers. He looked pretty good, though. Um, got a break in the first leg, I think. And... Um, Johnny Clayton threw a 108 on the 18, so double, triple, sorry, single, double, triple, single, triple, double on the 18s to get through. And, yeah, just took it to another level, just broke through, 1-5-3. Group C, probably one of the bigger upsets that I didn't see coming was uh, Wade versus Jim Williams. Wade, he was, he was not on on double 10. He just couldn't hit it to save himself, which is strange. Um, Williams, he just slowly got better and better as the game went on. He got to 4-2 up. Wade almost came back and pinched it and in the last leg decided and Williams got up 5-4. Rob Cross versus Boris Kritschmer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either, Chase. No idea. No idea. <laughs> um, he looked really good, Rob Cross. So, as I said last week, you never know which Rob's going to turn up. But the good one turned up and he um, he was good and won 5-0. So one of the only whitewashers for the night. But just, yeah, it was just way too good. Boris averaged over 90, though, so that's not a shame. He was still pretty good, but it'll be a struggle to come from 5-0 down and um, qualify for the next round. Not many people have done it, Phil Taylor being one of them, but Phil Taylor is Phil Taylor. Group D, Joyce versus Bunting kicked off the night, and it was it was a great game. They all just stayed on throw. Um, Stephen Bunting, obviously, he lost the ball at the start, so they both throw for the ball, and whoever's closer goes first. And Ryan Joyce won that, so basically won the match, and that's all there is to it. It was a very, very good quality game of darts. Every time Joyce would almost miss, Bunting was right there to try and capitalise. We could never quite get it done, but he held on and had a good win, Ryan Joyce. The other game, um, so this is where a bit of bit of news came through. Dimitri Vandenberg is out. He caught COVID, has COVID, so hopefully he gets better. And Chris Doby came in and he versed Rowby John Rodriguez, who looked very good. His scoring early was far too much for Chris Doby to uh, stay in the game. And um, got through. Too many missed doubles for Doby. Um, I don't know what it would be like coming in last minute to try and replace someone and get going, but he just never got going, unfortunately. But that group is now interesting. I think Joyce still gets through. And then I think Rowby John might be too good for bunting. And um, he'll get through that group as well. Group E, Gabrielle Clements and Mike Dedecker. I've never really seen Dedecker before, but he got seven perfect darts, was on a nine darter chase. Oh, really? Yep, crowd was going nuts and um, he didn't get there. But I think you know, he's on seven perfect darts on a nine darter and Gabrielle Clements still won the leg. And he finished it with 100 checkout and it is one of the best checkouts. I love it. You go 20 and then two tops. It's just brilliant. If you hit two tops to finish a leg, you're kicking goals, aren't you, mate? Yeah. But Clemens looked very good. Um, yeah, so we'll see how the rest of his group goes, group games go. 
Then it was Fallon Sherrick versus Peter Wright, one of the two women in the tournament chase. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Mm. She had her chances. Her scoring got there after a slowish start, but uh, Peter Wright was just too good. Um, doesn't phase me about that for Fallon, though. I think she's still going to get through that group. I think she's going to be too good for the other two guys in her group, which is Clemens and Dedeka, and I think she'll get through. Group F, the special one, Jose D'Souza. What a performance. 5-1 against Matt Campbell. Um, he's an interesting cat, Jose. Just the way he doubles is so different to everyone. He may not mean it. He may mean it. One example, he missed double. He missed single 14 and hit double 14. And then he's sitting there. He has no idea what he's got left. That's his counting coming into it again. But still, composed himself and hits double 13, which is not an easy double to hit. And that's it. He won that 5-1, so he's looking good to get through his group. The other game in that one was Humphreys versus Mentor. Mentor had probably almost one of the performances of the night. He was he scored so well um, and just put Luke Humphreys under too much pressure. Humphreys is trying to hit 170 finishes just to stay in each leg, and Mentor hit a brilliant 1-2-2. He turned it on, Mentor. He was so good. All right, Group G, MVG versus Lisa Ashton. The other lady in the tournament, mate. And I think she's going to get through, but this was just a romp of a performance. 5-0. The pace of that game was so quick, and he was just on from the get-go. Just high scoring, he's finishing. She never got out of the gates because he was just kicking goals. So I think my predictions are pretty on that he's going to go pretty far this tournament. What do you reckon? I think he will. The green machine. Yeah. That's it. But as I said, Lisa Ashton, she's still averaged at about 90, I think. So I think she's going to get out of her group. The other game in group G, Joe Cullen and Big John Henderson, another whitewash. So there's two whitewashes in that group. He looked good, Joe. Um, Big John never really got going. Another 170 miss in that one. There's a lot of 170s attempted, but none got, got gone, uh, finished. What's a 170 finish, Chase? No idea. Highest finished you can get. Highest finishing. Triple yeah. 20, triple 20 ball. Yeah. Oh, it'll be good to hit one of them. I would love it. That'll be so good. Group H, Gary Anderson versus Joe Davis. Gary Anderson in there. Oh, Don't yeah. forget, he's in my favouritest match of all time, the 2017 yeah. Worlds. Don't forget. You need that. that. That's right. That's important. That's um, key. That's key. It's crucial, mate. Joe Davis, it's got tennis elbow, apparently. Um, was almost going to pull out, and that wasn't great to see. His scoring wasn't there, it was giving him pains. Gary didn't play very well at all. Had a few good throws, a few 180s there. A couple of his 140s looked good, but just his doubles were terrible and never really got into it. But um, had a win, so that's all you can do. Barney versus Michael Smith to finish off the night. Barney looked good. He had a 122 on the ball, an 86 on the ball. But Bully Boy just stayed in there and got away with a win. So... That's about all the games that were on tonight. It is all the games that are on tonight. So from there, all the winners from each group face the other winners from each group, and the losers face the losers, and then the next day they all play whoever they haven't played in their group. So we're going to go through and get our tips for tomorrow. So group A is Christoph Ratowski versus Gerwin Price. Who are you going for, Chase? I'm going with Price. We better jot this down so that we know who's tipping who. We got here. That's right. We'll go with this. I'm going with Girl and Price as well. He'll be way too strong. Martin Schindler versus Nathan Rafferty. Um, we'll go Nathan. I'm going Nathan. What are you going? Don't just copy me. 
first. All right, all right. I've already ticked him. You can see it. I'll, I'll go like this. All right, Bradley Brooks, who had a great performance up against Johnny Clayton. I'll go Bradley. You're going Bradley Brooks? Yeah. I don't think you'll wear Johnny Clayton. Mervyn King versus Rusty Jake Rodriguez. Uh, probably just go Jake. You're going to go Rusty Jake? Yeah. All right, I'm going Mervyn King. you got Jim Williams versus Rob Cross. This is a close one, and this is important. Depends who turns up. Rob Cross, the good Rob Cross, or Rob Cross, the dodgy Rob Cross? I hope it's the good Rob Cross. And you're going Rob Cross? Yeah. Righto. I'm going Jim Williams. Boris... I'm not even going to say his last name anymore because I just don't know how to pronounce it. And James Wade. Probably James. Yep, James Wade will win that. Ryan Joyce and Rowby John Rodriguez. Go, Rowby. I'm going, Ryan. This group is so tight. It's going to be so interesting. We'll see who gets out of this one. Stephen Bunting and Chris Doby. Uh, Doby. You're going, Doby. I'm going, Stephen Bunting. (laughs) Gabrielle Clements and Peter Wright. Gabriel. That's Snake White. Oh, Snake White. Who's your favourite player in the world, Chase? Snake White. Snake White. He was all in purple today, Snake White, Peter Wright. All right. Mike Decker and Fallon Sherrick. Who gets out of that, Chase? Sherrick. Jose versus Mensur Silovich. Oh, Silovich. Yeah, Silovich. He looked good. Get me yesterday and I would, have, I would have gone Jose. Yeah, Silovich. So yeah, if you had asked me yesterday, 100%, um, Jose wins that game. But just the way Sulevich played, he was really good. So I think Sulevich will get up. Yeah. Matt Campbell versus uh, Luke Humphreys. Uh, Luke. I'm going Luke as well. Luke Humphreys will win that. Michael Van Gerwen versus Joe Cullen. Uh, Joe. Joe, you're going Joe Cullen. No way. Don't risk it. No way. Right, Lisa Ashton and John Henderson. Lisa. Yep, I'm going Lisa as well. Right, the last one's Group H, Gary Anderson and Michael Smith. Gary. Yep, going Gary as well. Yeah. And Joe Davis versus Barney. Mm, Barney. Barney. Barney Army. It was so good to have the Barney Army back in force. Played really well, just didn't get it done. So... I can't even remember exactly who I picked to get out of the groups. I think it's looking okay. Um, obviously, with Dimitri going out, so that one's thrown up in the air. But I think with that happening, um, Rabbi John gets out of that group instead of Dimitri. Obviously, Dimitri can't get out. He's not in it. And Wade losing and Mervyn King losing also throws it into a little bit of, yeah, not sure, but I think I'll still be right. That the player of the night, definitely MVG, yeah. Yeah. Definitely MVG. He was so ominous. He's just going to tear this one to shreds. I don't see anyone stopping him, to be honest. Um, Joe Cullen and Bradley Brooks, also very good performances. I think they played really well. Joe looked very good, very good, but he's similar to Rob Cross. Just every now and then, he just won't turn up. So we'll see how we go. That'll wrap up the PDC review. So now I talked a little bit last week about Stephen Bunting and why I'm not a huge, I don't overly rate him. He's got a good throw and can be solid. It's to do with his dart weight. So the dart weights that I use, I use 24 grammers. It's what I started with and I just stuck at it. And I think that's crucial to it. Once you get used to your throw, maybe drop it a little bit. Um, 
I think your bad throws are magnified a lot when you're using a light dart. It could miss if you're throwing because you've got to throw hard with a light dart to get it where you want it. And with a smoother, softer throw, you go on a heavier dart and then it apparently will work out really well for you. I just think, yeah, when you've got a really light dart, it's just not as good. So Stephen Bunting is using a 13 grammar. Most of the pros are using anywhere from 19 to 24 and Phil Taylor using a 26 grammar. And he's the best ever. So when you're starting and you want to be the best ever, start with 26 maybe. No, don't do that. Um, I just started with 24 and like it. Um, anywhere in that range that I said, 19 to 24, and then you can just alter it from there. Yeah, so a firm throw, lighter dart, relaxed, smooth throw, heavier dart. Um, I think when you've got a lighter dart and you're throwing really hard, there's more chance that you every bit of your throw, your system of your throw, so arm movement, shoulder movement, wrist and finger movement, it's just going to be, if it's a tiny bit off when you're throwing really firm, that's going to make a huge difference. So that's what I think. What do you reckon? You're going heavier, aren't you? Yeah, I'm probably 24 too. Yeah, I'm going to use 24. They go through the board better. Yeah, so they, you used to use those really shitty ones you get from Kmart that are about yeah. three grams, and now you use a 24, which definitely helps it get to the board better, yeah. helps it stick better, especially for the young'uns, I think. But I'm no pro, so don't quote me on any of that. But anyway, we'll move on. So now I just wanted to have a bit of a chat, a little bit boring, but it's just what I wanted to do, about my love of darts and how I got into darts. So when I was a young fella... My dad put up a dartboard, didn't really play it, didn't really throw them, but I just liked anything he did. So I liked darts from there, everything my dad did. So drums, chainsaws, rock music, I was into it all. And then in about 2009, when your uncle, uncle who? Oh, uncle Leon? Jacker. Oh. Um, we were living together and he's in his dad's house and we are renting his dad's house off him. We weren't living for free. He put up a dartboard as well and we started playing just in the garage when we had time off or spare time, which was quite regular for me. I only had one kid at the start of that. And um, I was a baker, so I was home by lunchtime. So we had plenty of time to throw darts. Funny enough, Jacko had us throwing from 3.37 metres. What's that? What are you supposed to throw from? No 2.37. So we were throwing from a metre further back instead of, where you're supposed to throw from. So when I moved, when we moved it forward and I found out that we'd had that mistake, I started throwing better and was getting quite accurate. And once you start throwing a bit more accurate, you start to enjoy it a bit more because you're hitting what you're aiming for. And yeah, so I was a little bit hooked from then on. After that, probably the next time when I started to feel even a bit more in love with darts, when I was throwing, 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 I turned on the TV one morning, got up early. I think Chase was born by this stage. It would have been, yeah, it would have been. It was 2010, late 2010. And uh, the semi-final was on of the Worlds. And it was Barney versus Simon Whitlock, who is the greatest ever Australian darts player, the wizard, the beard to be feared. And he won 6-5 to make it through to the final. And boy, was I pumped. And he went on to play Phil, who at that stage won 14 world titles, I think. So to see an Aussie up there doing us proud and he had this long beard and big ponytail and it was just awesome to see. Unfortunately, Phil won in his 15th world title, but just seeing an Aussie up there was like, that's awesome and made me love it even more. 
And then we moved around a bit and it, I didn't really set up a board in all the houses we moved into and sort of fell away from it a bit until brother-in-law again, 2014 Christmas, he bought me a set of darts and I went and bought a better set of darts because I didn't like the ones that he bought me, but don't tell him that. And it was back on again. The wife gets so annoyed every time I'd walk past the dartboard, I'd have to throw a few darts and get distracted. And then a good friend of mine invited me to join their team. They had a spot spare. So it was on. I was finally going to compete in competition darts, and that was up at the Seymour District Darts Association. It's a great comp. Everyone's just there to have some fun. There's some great quality darts. The finals start to get serious, which is good because you can enjoy yourself all year and then come to the finals and you can actually start to play. Me being the competitive person that I am, it was good. So, And you just had just a wide variety of players as well. So you had one of my teammates. I won't name his real name, but Big Cutsy is his nickname. He's six foot four, built like a house, and he's an absolute gun, and he can throw hundreds and 15 dart legs, and he can peg really well, and he'd then be throwing next to the little old lady that sometimes works behind the bar, and her darts hardly ever make it to the board and would take 50 to 100 darts to finish a leg. But everyone just still had fun, so that's a great competition. And then it was time to move on. We travelled to Australia and I took my dartboard with me. And there's a photo on my Instagram and I've actually got it set up down at uh, it's near Lakes Entrance and it's sitting inside the dart cabinet on top of a tyre and I'm standing down a retaining wall. We're next to this lake and the winds are whipping up and I'm still trying to throw darts. So that was good fun. Um, all the caravan parks that had dartboards were the best. You go there and wouldn't see me for half an hour. I'd tell the missus, oh, I'm just going for a quick walk and I'd take the darts and go throw for a bit. And then we stayed at a place in Rome. Do you remember that place, Chase? Oh, yeah. What was special about that place? Uh, big rock, I think. No, the nudist, yeah. nudist place. Oh, yeah. So I actually played darts, starkers, and threw a 180 without any clothes on. So that was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to Perth and um, there was nowhere to play darts for a bit and I was getting frustrated, nowhere to set the board up. So I actually made a portable dart stand while we're travelling. So I could then have a dartboard to set up wherever I wanted. Once again, it was didn't the missus didn't like it too much. There was stuff on the van that needed fixing and needed doing and I never did it but because I needed a dartboard stand. That was done pretty bloody quick. And then I got around to um, Mount Isa. And Mount Isa Darts Club, they play all the time. And I went and had a look there. And same deal as Seymour District Darts Association. There's just so much friendliness and fun being had. And they're having beers. And these guys all work in the mine. So they're getting off their long 12-hour days and then just go and have some fun. Once again, some pretty quality darts being thrown. But... I just went there to watch. I just messaged and said, can I come and have a look? And they insisted that I had a throw. So I got to have a throw there and that was also super fun and just loved it. And ever since then, I haven't got back to competing yet because 2 a.m. starts all the time was a bit hard with a 10 p.m. finish. But I'm aiming to get there. I, um, as soon as possible. Yes, as soon as possible. Once I've... Don't have four kids at home annoying the shit out of me. I can practice more. I do have a couple of goals in darts that I'd like to get to. Um, I'd love to go and see the worlds. Go over there, Christmas time. I'll take the family. We'll have Christmas and I just want to watch. doesn't matter if it's the final opening night. 
We'll try and plan to make sure I get to see one of the Aussies in action. So that's definitely a goal of mine. And maybe maybe five to six years' time when I can practice a bit more once the young fella's a little bit older, um, I'll be able to practice more and hopefully compete in a World Series event. The World Series will come around and the top six, six uh, eight players in Australia get to compete against the best in the world. So that would be fantastic just to experience that. That's a, a big goal, but you might as well set big goals. Um, so that is definitely one of them. What are your goals in darts, Chase? My goals? Yeah, your goals in darts. I'll probably just get better at it. Hit a, get hit better a at it? Hit a 180. All right. So far, that's my only goal, just hit a 180. Well, um, lucky yeah. for you. I'm now going to go through. This will go against everything all the pros tell you, but just a practice idea to try and take your game to the next level. As I said, most people would tell you not to do this, but I'm going to tell you to do it, and then I'm going to tell you why. For three straight days of practice, so hopefully you can string three together and maybe an hour. Um, if not, just go try and get maybe aim for three hours total of just throwing for triple 20s. All this is going to do is get your throw consistent. I don't feel like there's a point throwing all around different parts of the board because if you haven't got your throw right, all that's going to do is cause you to change your throw slightly. So when you're aiming for triple 20 and then you want you want to go for double 10 or you need to, for some reason, hit a double three, your, your throw will change because it's such a different part of the board. So to get consistent, throw triple 20, throw triple 20, throw triple 20, I think it's, it's going to get your throw right because a lot of the a lot of people will tell you the darts you use, how you grip it, how you throw it is all just down to the individual, even your stance. There's no proper stance for darts. You can stand side on, you can stand front on. You're not going to stand backwards, but you can stand in all those different degrees of angles. Some people hold the darts higher, lower. They put it in front of this eye, in front of that eye. Everyone has different darts. So it's all about comfort. The only thing I can tell you with your throw is probably to avoid using and moving your upper arm too much. So your bicep and tricep, every time I have that, in, that involved, the darts go nowhere near the target. So just try and get less is better with your throw. So start with that. That's going to be the first tip. We'll give a tip out each episode on what I think is going to work just to really take your throw to the next level. If you want, keep score and just see how you go. Or at the start of each hour, instead of only the triples, throw a few doubles at the start, spend that hour, see how your throw goes, and then throw your doubles around the doubles at the end as well. And just let just see if you're throwing at doubles a lot better than when you start. I find like that I am. And practicing too many of your doubles as well is just I'm never ever gonna throw a double eleven unless I really have to. So I don't find a need to practice it too much. So if my throw is solid, it's consistent, it's where I want it to be. I feel like so long as I aim right, get the the motion right, it's gonna go in. So have a crack at that and see how it goes. I'd love to hear from anyone, see if they think that works for them. Tag me in your Insta and you can message, just see how it goes. All right, Chase, I think that's just going to about wrap us up. Yeah. Did you have fun? Yes, I did. This is a great, great time. Good. So we're wrapping it up there. That's all we've got time for today. It's going to be a big few days coming up at the Grand Slam uh, as the final 16s will take shape 
Uh, that'll happen Tuesday. We'll have the final 16. So that's when we're going to do our next episode. So we can see how our predictions went and have a look at the knockout stages, see who's where, who's going to win, who's going to take out the whole thing. I'm still tipping MVG. Who are you going for, Chase? Uh, I'm going um, uh, the same guy you're going for. I forgot his name. Uh, MVG. MVG, yeah. So you don't think Snake White? No. No, that's all good. So I'll put a link to my Instagram in the show notes. DM me any topics you want me to talk about. If you want to jump on, don't forget this is an open show. Anyone can come on and have a chat about darts. Also, don't forget the giveaway, first in best dress. And we'll see you all next week.